really focus in on the customer and how do we come together, take the principles I talked about, one plus one equals one. How do we focus in on the value we want to bring to the customer and really accelerate the time, the value of the customer moving forward? Meaning, how do we come together as a joint success model, realizing that neither of us can do it alone in today's complex world? We got to bring this ecosystem together and go from there. Welcome to the Ultimate Guide to Partnering. In this podcast, Vince Minzione, a proven sales and partner executive, brings together leaders to discuss transformational trends and deconstruct successful strategies to help technology leaders like you achieve your greatest results through successful partnering. And now your host, Vince Minzione. Welcome to, or welcome back to the Ultimate Guide to Partnering. I'm Vince Minzione, your host. And my mission is to help leaders like you unlock the leadership principles and learnings of the best in the business to get partnerships right, optimize for success, and deliver your greatest results. Achieving your greatest results, partnering with Google. For this next episode of Ultimate Guide to Partnering, I was excited to welcome Jim Anderson, Google's partner, channel, and ecosystem leader for North America who shares with our listeners how to optimize for success working with Google. In this episode, Jim shares where he is investing in the business, why a value mindset is so important to customer success, and why one plus one equals one. I hope you enjoyed this amazing episode as much as I enjoyed welcoming Jim Anderson. Before we dive into the interview, I am so excited to announce the Ultimate Partnerships Mastermind. Our first event is taking place October 9th and 10th at the Gaylord Hotel in Orlando, Florida. This first-of-its-kind live event will feature some of the best leaders in the partnership business, the Ultimate Partnerships Dream Team, and leaders from Microsoft in person to help you achieve your greatest results in 2023. For more details, follow the link in the show notes. Attendance for this event is strictly limited, so please register today before it's sold out. Jim, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Vince. I'm glad to join you today. I know you talk about the decade of the ecosystem, and so I look forward to a very exciting discussion today. I am so excited to welcome you as a guest on Ultimate Guide to Partnering. For our listeners, Can you tell us a little bit more about your role and the mission of your organization? My name is Jim Anderson, and I'm the Vice President of Google Cloud North America Partner Ecosystem and Channels. I have the privilege of leading our partner business for North America under Kirsten Kliphaus, who's our president for the Americas. Our mission simply builds on the Google Cloud mission to leverage the partner ecosystem to help our customers and their ability to accelerate their digital transformation. Our best-in-class solutions empower organizations to really harness the data to provide actionable insights, run apps on the best open infrastructure, and really improve collaboration and productivity across their hybrid workplace. We like to also enable industry transformation through AI and ML capabilities combined with industry-specific applications from our ISVs and industry solution implementation partners. Leveraging the power of one Google, we aim to deliver differentiated partnerships that deliver on the business outcomes that our customers desire and expect. 
Jim, I knew Kirsten Cliphouse. I don't know if she remembers this or not, but we opened up a Microsoft store together way back in the day when there was such a thing. So great to hear you're part of her leadership team. And I love what you're doing in terms of embedding partner in the business. And I'm going to want to go deep with you here. Why organizations choose Google, why Google is a first choice in terms of technology organizations building out their strategy, building out their solutions, delivering for customers. So North American leader for partners, channels, ecosystems, it's a big job, right? And I know that Google has made some significant investments here. So can you dive in a little bit more on how your organization is structured and how do you organize for success? Yeah, it is a big job and it's complex, but we're organized in a way that tries to provide cohesiveness to the whole partner ecosystem. So really we can harmonize our efforts in front of the customer. So I really have a couple of pillars that I organize around. First is our solution-led pillar, where we work with our solution-led partners to make sure we can implement some of the technology that we provide to our customers. Second, I have an ISV pillar. You talked about the SaaS world and how it's growing. I have a pillar dedicated to working with our SaaS partners out there. Third, I have a pillar around resellers, and we call it MSPs, which really work with our partners to make sure that they're bringing value and we together bring in value to our customers to help them on their digital journey. And last but not least, I have a partner engineering group that really helps work with our partners to build their technical capacity around Google technologies. We try to pull all that together to make that a differentiator for us in the market. And we have the support of people like Kirsten and our other sales leaders to bring the full force of our partner ecosystems to our customers to drive new and creative business outcomes. We've had Darren Mowry here on the podcast, a colleague of yours, and just an yes. amazing, uh, both business sales partner leader, right? His pedigree and his experience now being at all three hyperscalers. And we talked about the SaaS economy. We talked about ISVs in general and how we're going from 185,000 SaaS organizations to a million by the end of the decade. Talk to me more about how the field sellers work across. You have solution-led partners, ISVs, MSP resellers, and this engineering organization. How do you collaborate together to go after and work with a client? We do that because we work from the customer back in, right? If you put the customer first and you look at the requirements of the customers, they need all aspects of what I just talked about. You actually will want out an ISV for a particular solution. You'll look to Google for technology. And so as a platform provider... And then you look at a partner, i.e. an implementation partner, to help bring all this together and make sure that you get the business outcomes that you're seeking for as a customer. Our sales teams realize this, and because of that, they work very closely with their customers to try to, once again, I use the word harmonize all of this together. A lot of times people talk about, hey, we want one plus one to equal three. I actually talk about in the partner world, in today's partner world, we actually want one plus one to equal one for the customer. So they have a frictionless experience and they're able to get to their business outcomes faster, leveraging the many different technologies and partners out there in the whole partner ecosystem. One plus one equals one. It's simplicity. It's one organization coming together to solve for a set of challenges, a solution area across a customer, across a specific need. Exactly. And I know I'm a math minor, so don't hold me to that one plus one equals one (laughs) (laughs) aspect. Did Einstein work on that one? I have to go back and double check on that. You went to a prestigious university. So I know you. if you were a math minor, you got a pretty darn good degree there. 
So Google has been on a tear, right? Investing in partners to fuel the growth. I mentioned the conversation with Darren, which has gotten a lot of attention lately. And your leader, Thomas Curian, has put a stake in the ground with the announcement that all deals have to be partner attached. Can you share with our listeners the importance of partners to the execution of Google's mission? And how are you investing? As you can tell from our placement and the organization under Kirsten, our top sales leader, Partners are crucial to our success. We realize we can get to where we need to get to from a growth perspective without partners in the partner ecosystem. We know that we have to have a thriving partner business to scale our business. And I know Darren talked about that. So they're very much a part of the journey that we're going on as we grow as an organization. Partner attached is for us a way to achieve the scale and depth. And we simply can't go after opportunities alone in this complex cloud and digital transformation world. So we're relying on our partners to not just help us grow the business, but also help us provide differentiation with our customers. To do that, we're really investing in several areas. First, we've expanded our sales and technical teams. Those are teams that are reporting to me, dedicated to supporting our partners and ISVs. We've actually increased MDF to drive further sales growth. I think marketing is increasingly important in this digital world. We have investments in co-innovation with our partners to really build this differentiated offerings. It's not simply about growth for us. Partners help us differentiate with our customers. And we've established our partner-led delivery approach to services. We've been very public. We're not going to invest in a big services organization. We're going to rely on partners to do this. And I think this is a big benefit to our partners. I know some surveys that say almost two-thirds of the EBITDA associated with cloud over the next several years come from services and service implementation. We're working with our partners so they can take advantage of that. And last but not least, we've actually accelerated our goals with training and specialization because that's very important with today's customers with a goal to train over 40 million new people on Google Cloud over the next couple of years. So we're really focused on trying to get it right, not just for us, but for our customers and their digital transformation journey. I want to go back on what you said earlier about not building out your own services organization. You and I both come from strong partner backgrounds, and I discussed the importance of mindset to an organization and having the right mindset, partner mindset. I call it DNA towards partnering. And it sounds to me like you, again, the stake in the ground about partner attach addresses a lot of the mindset issues. Like what did you find after that statement came out, was made into the organization? Did it change a mindset? Did it pivot a mindset? Did it do anything at all to the sales organization? I think it sends a message from up top, which is important, that partnering is non-negotiable for us at Google Cloud. In my previous role, I was responsible for the South Central region. Now, in that role, we secured countless new customers and drove some transformational deals with our partners. Having seen this success in methodology of support growth, it was clear to me, and it's clear to a lot of my peers, that we can't grow without a very strong partner ecosystem. And so we'd like to celebrate the success with our partners. We'd like to champion those that are getting it right and really feature co-selling stories in even some of our town halls. So I think the deal that's really groundbreaking is that we never win alone when it comes to transformational deals. Understanding that mindset will allow our sales team to make sure that they involve partners moving forward. They see the support from up top and they know it's not always straightforward, but with a general focus, we can make it right and ensure that we get better outcomes for our customers leveraging the partner ecosystem. You mentioned 
partner sellers, I think in your team, right? I believe that's what you said you called them. Do you provide a division of resources? Do certain people in roles have more of a development business management for the partner and others actually go and help the partner sell into the field? Yes, we actually do both. So we call them partner development managers. They actually work with our partners on joint sales plans, go-to-market plans, making sure they get the technical capabilities they need and those types of things. And we also have specialists that actually work on sell with capabilities, especially with our ISVs, to go out there to make sure that we can respond and create market demand with our customers to ensure their success. So we do all aspects of it. It varies by the various route to market, how we support it. But that's part of our goal, right? Understanding the partners, really how we can work with them to ensure their success, making sure that we agree on the right route to markets to leverage their capabilities, and then making sure that we provide the resources and investments so they can be successful along that path. And you mentioned MDF, and I want to have your marketing leader, Kayla, on this podcast at some point in the future as we build out this masterclass and let partners better understand how to work with Google. That'd be great. What, what type of MDF resources? Do you, Kayla, and the team have available for partners? We might have a campaign around a particular solution. Today, we have campaigns around data and analytics, where we work with partners to do some joint campaigns, webinars, conferences, participate in forums around some of those areas. We also have various campaigns where we just started sharing some propensity data with customers, where we actually will target partners, where we target some customers around key solution areas that we have from Google like a GCVE, where we want to leverage that. And we look at customers that might be able to take advantage of that jointly with our partners and go after the market that way. So there's a wide range of things that we do uh, with regards to MDF. And really, it's about investing in digital marketing, all right, and how we reach customers where they are and making sure that they're aware of our capabilities out there with our partners jointly to take advantage of that. I want to dive a little bit deeper on capabilities. So organizations that come and listen to this podcast, come from various backgrounds. A lot of them have come from the Microsoft world, but it has become a heterogeneous world. And they've all recognized now that they need to work across multiple hyperscalers. What are the reasons why customers and partners choose to work with Google? Well, I often ask customers I talk to, are you on a cloud journey or technology journey? Because if you're on a cloud journey, you want to take an open approach to your cloud technologies and make sure you can leverage the best technologies against the best workloads for what you're trying to drive for your business outcomes. And that's very important. One of the reasons that customers come to us is simply because of our strengths in things like data and analytics. I tell people search is about turning data into insights. There's no company in my mind in the world that's better at turning data into insights and it's proven that than Google. Also, we have a rich history with AI and ML capabilities to help turn data into insights at scale. If you think about what we do, everything from Google Photos, where we can take a look at a picture and help give recommendations of where that is on the internet to get some more information. That's all about AI, visual recognition, and those types of things and leveraging those technologies. Google Assist with regards to language translation. And you look at what we do around security right? Where over 20% of all internet traffic is going over some Google fiber there. And so we have to provide a very secure environment. We have a zero trust environment for everything we do around security. And we bring that to our customers to make sure that their data is secure. So when you think about it from a partner standpoint, hey, you want to take a customer on a cloud journey, not a vendor journey, a cloud journey, 
So therefore, you want to work with open technologies. You want to make sure you're leveraging what's really, to me, one of the biggest assets that any company has today that is data. So you work with a company like Google that has a history of turning data into insights. And obviously, you want to make sure it's secure in today's turbulent world. So you want to work with a partner that invests a lot of security. That's what we bring to our customers. That's what's unique with regards to the Google experience. And what I tell a lot of people is Google, at the heart of it, we're an innovation company. We're a technology company. And we leverage our partner ecosystems with some of the technologies I just mentioned to really bring superior value to our customers and drive business outcomes. And that's how you differentiate in the market. What's striking to me, what you said here around data and ML, insights, security, it's not the traditional lift and shift that we saw a few years ago, right? It's a reimagining of the experience, whether yes. the customer experience, the user experience, and the engineering work, The what you bring in terms of engineering prowess, I would say, is striking, and it helps organizations really reimagine their business processes. And that's exactly right, Vince. A lot of companies now look at digital transformation in the cloud, not simply to lift and shift, how they can transform their business, find new revenue streams, enter new markets. And that's really what it's all about, using technology to make a difference in your business and to accelerate growth. So it's a very exciting time for us here at Google. We want to make sure we take advantage of this transition with our customers. I'm happy to announce that PartnerTap has become a founding sponsor of Ultimate Guide to Partnering. PartnerTap is the only partner ecosystem platform designed for the enterprise. Their technology makes it easy to align channel teams with automated account mapping, letting you control what data you share while building a partner revenue engine. I'm so excited to have them on board. It is a very exciting time. And I've been watching Google's rise through my own experiences working with organizations and interviewing great partners. As you might know, one of your great partners, Sada Systems, has Tony Savoyan, their CEO, has been a guest here multiple times. I believe he espouses a lot of what it takes to be a great partner. But what do you believe it takes to be a great partner working with Google? There's a (laughs) lot of talk about mindsets out there. I think you mentioned the partner mindset, the growth mindset. What I like to say is you have to have a value mindset with regards to working with Google, right? Because that's what we want to bring to our customers. So if you take that value mindset right? What we do is work with partners that can build on that, understand our culture, and want to lean in with us to help build and actually digital transform our customers and really help them on that journey. So a couple of things you need, you need to have agility as a partner to to work with Google and to work with our customers because things are always changing. I believe specialization is increasingly important now. So I work with our partners to develop specialization in various areas right now because no one can be an expert in everything type of thing. And you have to have a commitment to accelerating the time to value of our customers. Meaning if you put the customers first and you work with how do we come together to accelerate their time to value, I think that's how we ensure success. And that's what it takes to be a great partner working with Google, right? When we're working with partners, we're really just focused on doing what's right for the customer at the right time. And hopefully we won't go wrong with that. I love what you have to say here. By the way, value mindset. Can I borrow this? <laughs> I really like it. I've been talking about growth mindset, forward-leaning mindset, and the value mindset is, it just brings it, it's striking to me, right? Leaning in, helping to build. 
You talked about agility, which is one of my core principles as well. We'll talk a little bit more about agility because I think that organizations need to be able to pivot quickly. And you talked about commitment. A lot of organizations just don't have that level of commitment within their own organization to partnering. Do you see that? Yeah, I think that you have to look at partnering as just integral to what you're doing. It can't be a separate thing. You have to partner for success. It should be part of your plan, not an augmentation to your plan. And you have to figure out how you make partnering really a competitive advantage for you. I believe tomorrow's world and the winners of tomorrow's world will be the people that are able to make partnering and leveraging the ecosystem a competitive advantage for them moving forward. So it's definitely about the commitment to make that happen, listening to your customers, listening to your partners, following the trends out there, meaning, i.e., what are customers looking for, and then responding to that in a way that brings value to our customers and creates really joint success model for both the partner and, in this case, Google. And you also mentioned specialization, and I, I can't stress this one enough because I find that a lot of organizations try to be all things to the partner, and they miss that level of specificity. Like, we do this one thing better than anybody else. Do you find that as well? Yeah, and I saw it goes back to my theme about the value mindset, right? You got to understand what value you aim to bring to your customers. And I would say double down on that and then bring that to the customers and make sure that you are aligned as an organization around those value principles so that you can be successful. We all try to just do too much versus focusing on, hey, this is my unique value proposition. Here's how I should leverage it. And this is how I can be successful in the market. And I find, too, that the organizations that don't get it right, the kryptonite for them is when they try to be all things to all people. Yeah, you bring up kryptonite. And so I'll stay on the superhero theme there. And there was a concept I was talking about with a friend called sort of the hero journey. And they talks about really the path you go down from normal to a transformation. Then you face challenges and back to the transformation. But the key aspect of the hero journey is that you have a mentor or helper to make sure you go down that path. In many ways, what you have to do is view the customer as the hero and us, i.e. partners, Googles, really as their mentor to help them on that journey. And I think the kryptonite happens when you lose that perspective and maybe you partner or you Google agree to think that you're the hero and not the customer, right? Mm. So I think a lot of it is about making sure you keep the right perspective understanding that we are here to help someone who's going from where they are today through a journey that's going to involve challenges. It's going to involve transformation. When you're working through that journey, so just remember that we're here to help the customers on that as they go through this transformation from starting where they are today through the challenges. There will be some low points, but then coming out at the end better in that we play a critical role in making that happen that avoids the kryptonite scenario with any partner. I love what you have to say here. When hubris enters the room, it's challenging for both the customer and the partnership. And I think what you said there is the customer is the North Star, and we need to keep that in mind, and we need to go through the journey together and recognize that we're here to help each other. Did I hear exactly. that? Exactly. I like to say the customer is the hero, and I borrow there from a Joseph Campbell that hero journey. And you yes. got to keep that in mind and let's make sure that we make our customers hero as we help them on this digital transformation. So what advice would you give to our listeners on optimizing for success working with Google? The key thing that I would say is really focus in on the customer and how do we come together, take the principles I talked about, one plus one equals one, 
right? How do we focus in on the value we want to bring to the customer and really accelerate the time, the value of the customer moving forward? Meaning, how do we come together as a joint success model, realizing that neither of us can do it alone in today's complex world? We got to bring this ecosystem together and go from there. What I'd like to do is work with partners that are focused in on expanding customer reach. They want to invest in building capacity and the specialization that we talked about. And they're committed to co-innovating with us in the market. One of the things that I believe is still a big opportunity, especially in the partner ecosystem, is innovation. There's a lot of innovation events that can happen with regards to how to partner and how to bring value to the customers through our partner ecosystem. And we're looking for partners that want to go with us on that journey and co-create and innovate with us as we go down this journey together. And if partners want to reach out to you, Jim, what's the best way for them to do so? The best way is probably to email me at jfanderson at google.com. So I want to shift gears here now. We want to continue this conversation. As you might know, I'm fascinated with the career journey. And I've also been a big advocate for DEI. And you might not know this, but I was Microsoft's first diversity lead for public sector. It's a historically white male dominated tech industry. And I have been, I try to say vigilant here. I'd love for you to touch with our listeners on your career journey as a black male rising to a significant leadership role, a really big role in an incredibly successful tech sector and company. What was your experience like? Well, Vince, my experience is one of, I like to say, you have to have a lot of resilience. I started very early in technology because I believe from the very beginning that technology could make a big difference in our society. So in high school, I got involved with computers and I've really been in the tech world ever since. I remember going to, to Princeton where I went to undergraduate school. I was a computer science major and I was only one of three black computer science majors you know, at the time so wow. in my class. And then I followed that up where I went to a high-tech firm, eventually Hewlett-Packard, and 20 years ago, the Black Plus population for Silicon Valley firms is around 2%. Today, it's around 3%. So I say that to say it's been a long and somewhat learned lonely journey with challenges, but you just have to be resilient. And I live in a world where I am one of one often, and I have to make sure that I know how to deal with that, and I learn from that, and I take on that challenge, and I go from there. I'm very fortunate with my accomplishments the world I live in, I've had a lot of people to help sponsor me, mentor me, ensure my success. I'm very grateful for that. I've also learned from many great leaders that I've had the chance to work under. But as long as I focused in on success in making a difference with DI initiatives where I can, because that's what's really important when you get in these positions, how do you make a difference? That's the journey. So I would tell everyone, hey, it's not a smooth ride. It's a lonely journey often. However, with resilience, you can make a difference out there. And that's what you try to do with any role or position you're in in society, make a difference. So you went, we've gone from 2% to 3% in terms of representation in Silicon Valley is what I think I heard you say. Yes. And I know, I know certainly because I've done a lot of work with women in technology that most girls don't enter the technology arena for various reasons. Do you feel that there's any reasons why... Black males don't enter the tech? I look at it and I think that in general, people pursue opportunities based on what they see in the industry 
and hopes they have for success. I was the chairman of Make-A-Wish for Central Texas for a while. One of the things I saw was the power of hope. And so what I think is that because there are not a lot of examples of success in the high-tech world for the Black male, it's just something they don't aspire to. So one of the things that I do when I play my role, I try to make very visible my success and say, look, if I can do this, you can too. And that's an example that can encourage other people to get into the environment. So it's just not about, hey, taking a look at the environment and programs. It's about true examples of success. And actually, another aspect is once you get into the field, you have to create a sense of belonging. When I talk about being one-on-one, that's somewhat a lonely feeling. You kind of feel like you don't belong. So as we encourage minorities to get into the high-tech field, we also have to put equal emphasis once they get there, creating a sense of belonging so they stay. So there's really two things I look at. Hey, given examples of success, I think that will encourage people to pursue those careers. And I look to do that myself. And second, as they pursue those careers, try to work extra hard to create a sense of belonging, whether it's a minority or a woman, so they will want to stay in that career and reach some of the higher levels that can be achieved. Some profound statements there. So what would you tell your 23-year-old self, Jim? I would tell my 23-year-old self that success is based on failure. And that many times I think we avoid taking risks because we're worried about the failure and those types of things. But true success, the road to it involves failure. So take more risk. Don't be afraid of failure and think big. So this is a question I love to ask. It's actually my favorite question for our guests. You are hosting a dinner party. And this fabulous dinner party could be anywhere in the world. And you can invite any three guests from the present or the past to this amazing party. Whom would you invite and why? All right. So three people I would invite. So besides my parents, who both have passed, they have one more dinner. I would invite first Martin Luther King Jr. And I would invite him because of his ability to drive social change through nonviolent advocacy. I think that's fascinating how he did that. Yes. Next, I would invite Muhammad Ali because I'm always fascinated by the mind of a champion and, and you know what he did and how he stood for what he believed in. And last, I would invite Nelson Mandela because I also was fascinated by his resilience of what he went through and being in prison and then coming out and leading a country and just the resilience it takes to manage all that. I'd be very interested in understanding that. So those are the three. It'd be an interesting dinner to say the least, but those are the three that I would have. (laughs) Is it okay if I come over with a bottle of wine or something? Yes, definitely. You you might have two wines because I think all of them like to talk. (laughs) Oh my (laughs) goodness, my goodness. Well, first of all, I'll comment on Martin Luther King, right? There were other leaders during the movement, but he had a why. He had a very strong why. And his yeah. I Have a Dream speeches to me, like it still brings tears to my eyes. Muhammad Ali, wow. Wow. What an amazing. He was a leader in his own right and what he did and what he championed. And then, of course, Nelson Mandela, who, what, 26 or 27 years in prison? And to come out and forgive all those people was just it's astounding. So, yeah, you have great... to ask, could you do that yourself, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> could you be in prison 20 something years and come out no. and say, hey, it's all good. Let's move forward. What a great list. What a great list, Jim. All right. <laughs> Sounds terrific to me, Jim. You have been an amazing guest. And I just so appreciative of you making the time. You've got a big role and you've got a big job over at Google. And I just look forward to continuing this masterclass with you and your leaders at Google. 
Any closing advice for our listeners in this community about driving their best results with you and your organization? First, thank you for having me today, Vince. I've enjoyed listening to your podcast and getting the chance to participate. One is quite an honor for me. So, so thank you for that. Now, what I would say to partners in general is, hey, don't sit on the sidelines. It's a time of amazing change and transformation. It's a time to actually innovate not just with technology, but in the whole partner ecosystem and how we come together. I believe partnering three years from now will be a lot different than it is today. We talk about things like going from just a channel organization to a partner ecosystem organization to whatever is in the future where those partner ecosystems are coming together. And there's a huge opportunity for people to innovate around that and to join companies like Google on that journey. What we're asking for, quite honestly, from our partners is, hey, we'd like you to double down with us, scale up your organization from a technical perspective, build capacity to help customers on digital transformation. At the same time, keep the customers front and center in everything we do. I think every customer's journey is somewhat unique, and we have to be able to adapt to those different journeys out there and make sure we can bring value. And last but not least... Work with us to build differentiated offerings. Lean into solution selling as we sell more on business outcomes versus technology. And we lean into ourselves, industry-specific solutions. So we're bringing maximum value to our customers. We want our partners to participate in that. So if we do these things together, doubling down with us, skilling up the organization, keeping the customer front and center, adapting to their various journeys, and co-innovating, so we're bringing differentiated solutions, I think we can have a joint success model between us and our partners that really bring value, not just to us, but to our customers moving forward. What strikes me in what you said, Jim, is we live in such transformative times. And what a better partner than Google to help our customers transform. I agree. Thank you so much. (laughs) Thank you so much, Jim. Been a real pleasure having you as a guest here in Ultimate Guide to Partnering. Thank you, Vince. Keep up the good work and the thought leadership with regards to partnering in the ecosystem. Thank you. I am so excited to announce the Ultimate Partnerships Mastermind. Our first event is taking place October 9th and 10th at the Gaylord Hotel in Orlando, Florida. This first of its kind live event will feature some of the best leaders in the partnership business and leaders from Microsoft in person to help you achieve your greatest results. For more details, follow the link in the show notes. Attendance for this event is strictly limited, so please register today before it's sold out. I hope you join us, my friend, at the beautiful Gaylord Hotel, October 9th and 10th. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of The Ultimate Guide to Partnering with your host, Vince Minzione. Online at ultimateguidetopartnering.com and facebook.com slash ultimateguidetopartnering. We'll catch you next time on The Ultimate Guide to Partnering.